0: Hey, welcome back to What We Started EDM, where we speak with producers, DJs, labels, managers, really anyone in the EDM industry that can help us learn and grow. Today, we speak with Goons, a producer with millions of streams on Spotify and an official release on Proximity. In this episode, we talk about getting on a Spotify playlist, we talk about finding a vocalist, we talk about releasing high quality music rather than high quantity. You do not want to miss this episode. And then, yeah, Sean, I just want to get an idea of how you really got into music in the first place. Like, what's your whole story? Yeah, uh, I think it's very similar to a lot of other people's. Um, I think the SoundCloud era played a a huge role. I'm sure, you know, everyone says that, especially for electronic music. But around like 2012, 2013, I was... Yeah, it was like 14, 13 and um kind of just getting into music and yeah, SoundCloud was the place to be. People were, you know, that's where all the action was. P- people were reposting things and your favorite artists were kind of it was almost like a social more like a social network than um the end music, which I guess was the point. Um and yeah, you kind of get just get really or I got pretty pretty into it, pretty um, invested in keeping up with artists and I just that that's what I did like every day I would check SoundCloud I would kind of like look for music and eventually I started to kind of just get curious like um, I remember there was this one song like Dubstep was like starting to come out like starting to really get popular and there were just some crazy things that were going on and I was just like yeah I, I need to like figure out how these sounds are made and it was really kind of like dubstep in-house and like different things like that that I was hearing on SoundCloud. Um, that I I downloaded to FL Studio when I heard this song by this guy. I remember his name. Speaker of the House. He was like a... Yeah, I don't know people might know him, but way back he was putting out like kind of electro stuff. Heard one of his songs and uh automatically pirated FL Studio, of course. That's the... That's a Blueprint. Um, And yeah, I kind of just started fooling around. Uh, That's kind of how I got into producing And it just kind of evolved from there. Like it turned into something like from kind of a hobby into something that I started taking seriously and trying to, you know, cut out time for. Um, And then, yeah, I kind of eventually turned into, yeah, DJing a little bit. Producing for other people, producing for myself, putting out tracks. So it's, it's, it's grown. It's been, it's been fun, but it has been, again, like I said, it's been long, <laughs> a long time, which is, uh, just funny, but it's great. i met seven or eight years since your first post on SoundCloud, right? Yeah. 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 That's a long, <laughs> long time. That's crazy, man. So you started in a craft version of FL Studio and yeah got to just figure it it out right yeah i I think so um i don't know i mean again youtube as well was i don't know one of the most unbelievable tools to learn anything and people artists were posting like remakes of these songs or like this is how i made this here's the patch for this you like download whatever you go in and, and you kind of experiment and then you Yeah, you kind of just find your way, and like the pipeline kind of was was make remixes. If you're kind of a smaller producer, Um, hopefully it starts to get traction. Hopefully you get good enough where you can kind of um, move up to like making originals, and and then you kind of move on from there. At least that's what I think the the pipeline is, (laughs) Um, and that's kind of how you learn. Like, yeah, you download software. I think it's remixes, or if you're like a vocalist, or you want to do some other other things, then you can, um, kind of fool around with your own vocals. But it's just it's just that YouTube talking to other people. That's just uh, at least how I th- you know kind of think you learn. Hang on, how long did it take you from when you started to when you were actually able to start posting stuff on SoundCloud? Yeah, that's a good question. I think. Um, I feel like this is probably the case with a lot of producers as well. Like I had a whole project before, you know, this, this project, which is again, like seven or eight years. So there was another project that I started for the first three years or three or four years. Um, and yeah, that's where you really find like the stuff that's so bad. Um, but it's, it's amazing to listen to now, but it's just so bad and that's kind of how you learn you just continue to continue to grind uh and put out stuff you have to put out stuff um you talk to people like collaborate just just get yourself out there and then once you're ready to you know kind of make a move like i I felt like i was at some point i was kind of like things were starting to sound good enough um i was like screw it like let's kind of put together a whole new project and and like vision and and really start to invest in that um yeah so i feel like there's a breaking point and some artists maybe just continue with their you know their original project um which which is fine too it's just i guess depends how you want to yeah how how your path uh is and if you want to make you know another project like that yeah i think that's that's kind of the (laughs) kind of the process at least for for a lot of producers Hey, Mintz, for you, it made sense to pretty much abandon the first artist project you did and then create Goons? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, there's something about rebranding, which I don't know, it could be good or bad. Like, it obviously worked out for Marshmallow. Uh, he was like a dubstep. Or I don't even remember what his alias was. He's like a dubstep DJ, talented, obviously. Um, but it's yeah, it just it kind of depends on what what you want to do. Um I also kind of like the name better. I kind of started doing some art work for it as well. But I think it's kind of like a clean slate. Like if you're really trying to, you know, if you're trying to have quality, uh, like you want your quality to be better, you could like private your tracks on SoundCloud or you could kind of like, but still like YouTube. There always be stuff around that has maybe you, you, like your project attached to it so it's kind of a clean slate if you know that you're ready to to really kind of invest in in a new project um it really just depends though i mean i know a lot of producers just they still have like on soundcloud they still have their stuff from 10 years ago which is kind of actually awesome yeah crazy Awesome, Matt. So you started posting remixes initially, right, on SoundCloud, and how did that go? Yeah, um, I don't know. I think it. I was kind of doing a, a few different genres. I would do like house, a little bit of house music, and then some dubstep, and like yeah, anything. But yeah, there was this, there was this website. It was called like Remix Packs or something, and it had just all the stems, all like the, it was like a centralized place where you can go and look at all the contests that were going on. Uh, And Ultimately, like, yeah, like if you want to, there were like, in in those days, I feel like that's fizzled out a little bit, but in those days, there were artists were, were holding contests, remix contests, and there were actually like prizes. There were like, you can make money off, like you can, you can actually do this and make money. And also, get it maybe posted somewhere on Spotify or, or wherever and make it official. Um so there was like a lot of uh at like at least back then there was actual um incentive to do these contests. And so that's what kind of brought people to it. Uh and then also you get the publicity and and whatever. But yeah, like I would just go on that website and just look for stems and just pick out a bunch of Bunch of songs uh, and kind of just go go through it make different remixes and and like kind of select which ones I liked and post on SoundCloud and again SoundCloud is amazing because there's an algorithm re- reposting kind of before we post got got a little bit broken but there's an algorithm where you you know you can reach anyone so that's that's kind of the the beauty about it as well. And on SoundCloud, it's not really like spotify or apple music like soundcloud if you post a song there is a way for it to potentially be shared with other people without you doing any work really right but you don't really need to do too much marketing, right yeah exactly yeah it's 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 really interesting i mean soundcloud will always have that like that audience that like really interesting like model of like reposting and that social kind of aspect as well um that spotify doesn't really have apple music these don't have um i think i don't know if this might be unrelated to your question but i think where soundcloud kind of it unfortunately kind of got less popular is when reposts started being like sold for money and people people kind of because that's what kind of drove it like i would hear new music that's how i discovered music because my favorite artist would repost you know, another underground, you know, someone who's coming up. Um, but then people started selling them for money and then your, you know, your whole feed, like the whole point of, uh, of SoundCloud kind of a discovery, it kind of got a little like diluted with, with that. Um, but still amazing. And I forgot what your question was, but hopefully I answered part of it. <laughs> it, was, it was more of a statement, but you answered it. Yeah, man. So if you things have changed, right now SoundCloud, like you said, is really not as popular. How do you go about like releasing and, and promoting your music now? in twenty twenty three. Yeah, yeah, that's a uh, it's it's changed so much. I think uh, since you know when when you started, yeah, I, at least when I started posting remixes and posting things versus now. Um, so how, how you release music how I do it at least is I'm just really trying to put out the best quality so it's unfortunately it's it's less songs and it's it's trying to be higher quality there's trying to be more thought uh, put into it Um, and the way you advertise it is I don't know it's, it's really just social media now obviously everyone knows TikTok it, it, that's how you uh, kind of go viral, but I've seen a lot of other DJs and uh, uh, like other producers use Instagram, and there's like they've gotten good traction. So someone would be like recording their set, or you know this is like this is how I made this, or like a couple proposed like during my during my set, I saw like audience do that, like here. So there's just like things that you can do to kind of bring attention, and it's kind of like a little y but. I've actually seen Instagram also be used as a pretty effective kind of marketing tool. Um, Maybe you made like a bootleg remix and you're, um, you're just trying to get attention around it. Like you'd play it at, at a set and have people, you know, film, have someone film you and put it on Instagram. So I think it's really just like Instagram, TikTok. Um, I would love to say YouTube is still influential, but like, like those YouTube channels, I I I wish I could say I, like they are. I don't know how influential they are now. Like compared to, I'm sure you know, like proximity. Like back in the day, that was just like that was that was it. Like you, if you got on that, like you're you're like the guy. <laughs> um, so it's it's definitely changed. It's kind of shifted. At least I think from YouTube SoundCloud to. Yeah, Instagram, TikTok. Um, and, and I don't know what, whether it's good or bad. I mean, I think TikTok's amazing because it, it, it literally gives you thousands of, of views if, if you want for random video. Um, the other side is, you know, artists who don't put out, you know, constant content like that, you kind of get like buried a little bit under... Under people who are always active, and I, that's kind of what I've heard from from other artists, which is which is sort of unfortunate. Like, you, you know, if you're not like that outgoing person and that person who who wants to be like on the screen, you know, on the on the stage and on the screen the whole time, it kind of it kind of sucks a little bit. And that's that's me a little bit, but also I've heard from other you know artists. Like I remember seeing something, and sorry I'm rambling but all was done um, I saw something from like Chelsea Cutler who's an indie artist and she's like I, my label won't let me release this song unless I post like a TikTok about it I'm like that's just that's crazy like like that's the that's the sort of but, but that validates it how effective it is at like at really marketing your, your stuff so I think it's really all there so now it's you're a little bit less about the music than it used to be and more so about your ability to like market and perform yeah i think that exactly and that's a little maybe a little cynical and people are like well maybe you should just post more or maybe you should care about like the music or maybe you should care about like trying to go viral more things like that i remember like russ russ the uh the rapper i love says that he's like You have to understand that it's like, it's a way to get there. It's not, it's not because you love, you know, posting on social media. It's because you really want to get to that point. And that's why you would post, uh, you know, on, on TikTok, on, on wherever. Um, but it, yeah, it's unfortunate. Like if, if you're just not that, not that sort of person, um, you know, like if you just want to focus on the music, you don't want to really, and it takes time to like make, you know, make TikToks or edit videos, it, it takes a lot of time, so um, if you really want to focus on the music, um, yeah, you might be at a disadvantage, um, but hopefully you can make up with that with talent. <laughs> yeah. Like well, For you pers- personally, John, what have you found that works? Because it doesn't seem like you do too much content, right? Yeah, and, and that i've definitely thought about that I, I almost do none i mean if i'm releasing something i i try to i reach out to faith um <clears throat> to youtube channels um to see if you know they could support or get a, a post or something like that i would make like one tiktok maybe two tiktoks of how i made the song and try to make it really short um what i found works is, is actually kind of a combination, like if you're able to get some support on youtube I, I do think youtube channels if you know what what you're looking for still kind of works uh, if you're able to get through the door um and also yeah instagram and tiktok like if you just i like being kind of granular so i like doing like how you made how do i make this synth, or how did i make you know yeah this or how did i sidechain something how did i mix this down I think it. I think it works. Like I posted a TikTok just about how I made like a patch for a song that I put out, and it was just like it was kind of weird. It was a weird technique, and it was cool. And I think I think you know I got a a lot of yeah engagement from it. Um, So I think kind of little things like that. But I'm probably not the best person to ask because I'm sure there are people who are doing much more effective marketing that i'm not you know i don't really care much about um and i'm also not like super familiar with um and and then you could also talk about like spotify playlisting like how do you even how how do you even get in the door like i don't even know like that's and and right now that's like kind of the be all and all and uh will be for the i don't know i don't know how much longer but it seems like if you don't get that, like you you know, you're kind of you're you're stuck in a way. Maybe you can get some support from again these other channels, but um yeah, it seems like that's you know, that's also if you can get some sort of support you you open the door to thousands of, of random people, maybe tens of thousands uh listening. But I don't I have no idea how that works. I don't think anyone does, except the people who are uh, in the editorial like editorial stuff so it's an interesting one have you tried to get on any playlists yeah so I actually I got so I put out a song in 2019 called catch 22 and it got on a playlist it got on three playlists like all when it all when it came out and one of these playlists had a million followers it was a editorial playlist and the song now has like two and a half million views just like i didn't even do anything so it's just like and then you and then like five other songs that i release later they don't like they don't get on the playlist and they they don't do as well obviously um but i don't think there's any methodology i know you could you can pitch um you could pitch it you know pitch a track before you release it like who knows if who knows if the editorial staff listens to it, um, and who knows how? To, you know, like how do you even decide whether, again, art being subjective, music being subject subjective? How do you even decide whether it this should be on like an editorial playlist? Um, it's it's a weird it's a weird thing that I haven't like heard. I, I wish people, or maybe Spotify, talked about it more, um, or Apple Music as well. Because it's just weird. It's just you know one or two people kind of deciding fate of of songs (laughs) it's kind of interesting but like again they can do what they want but i know there's so much power um that it's it's sort of sort of tough if you don't get it then it's um if you do get it, it's great but if you don't you're kind of you know kind of disappointed so you don't really know how that happened though with catch 22 do, like do you apply or anything for beyond the editorial playlists yeah so you pitch it like if you get it if you upload your track yeah two or three weeks in advance to spotify apple music you get to pitch it and submit it through kind of a form uh form stack and ultimately it says it goes to the editorial staff and they review it i think that I released it. I released the song with another artist, and I think someone from the editorial staff that, like, I knew the name of. I think they actually like found it through this artist that I was uh, releasing it with, and that's how I think it got on there. So I don't think it was random. I actually think this this artist that I released released it with knew maybe knew someone in the editorial staff or. Somehow they they found it through her because she was bigger. She like did a song with like she did a song with Flux Pavilion right before mm-hmm. I dropped it with her. So there was some like momentum there. So I think yeah, it got eyes on on the song. So I think that's how it happened. How did you link with her to be obviously she's uh, the vocalist on the track, you? right? How did that happen? Right. You? Um, yeah, I just I was I was collaborating with one of um my friends at the time uh and i was just looking for vocalists and i think a good way this is also maybe to answer a question of how how to find vocalists um a good way to find a vocalist would be like i went to his spotify page and saw all the he was kind of he's not massive but and that was the point you can't go for you know crazy A popular vocalist but so i would go and i would look at his page and see what vocalists he worked with and um and kind of just reach out to them and say hey i'm i'm this guy's friend you know here's something that we did together like i'd love to like talk about collaborating on this uh on this song uh and you you know you attach the demo and what you know for one of or one or two of them it worked and i went with this um with this person and it was really just cold email i mean there are definitely other ways to do it if you had like management uh which i didn't at the time you yeah you probably put them in charge of that um but if you're like in the position that i was in just cold email try to be sincere and she was really nice and she was really awesome as well she's very talented um so i just sent it to her she's like okay i like this sent something back and then maybe did that once or once or twice and then it's really done it was probably the the simplest collaboration i've ever done because she was like okay i got like i have an idea it was perfect and i was like all right this is done (laughs) yeah That's so cool, Matt. So it's really just you reaching out to people and then working with whoever gets back to you or whoever responds. Yeah. Yeah. Again, there are probably other ways. If you have more leverage, if you have more, like, influence, um, then you could probably do more. You know, you could reach out to other vocalists and then you could kind of set up, like, a a contract. Yeah. if it's a bigger vocalist where there's like a fee obviously and then there's royalty splits but like this was it was amazing because it was a great song and also there was no she didn't have like a, a, a fee at the time so it was, it was just kind of pure collaboration which i i loved. like i wasn't we weren't doing a, you know i wasn't paying her to to get her vocal she was like i like this and i think that actually goes a long way like if an artist, if a vocalist, if you're working with them and they really like the demo that you have, they're going to do a better job. And if, if you have a contract and they're kind of just trying to get the fee, maybe royalty split, I, I really try to, f- if I'm working with an artist, like just be wary of, of a fee because you can really kind of get, um, cornered into, into maybe paying it and, and not really liking the, the outcome about that uh, can you talk a little bit more about the process of collabing with the uh, vocalists it, it sounds like you had some kind of instrumental that you sent over and then they bounce ideas back with you or you like walk through it <clears throat> yeah of course um so usually it, it kind of varies how you create a demo or at least how I created this demo um, or other demos who I worked with. Uh, worked with artists sometimes it's it's like you can you can do a remix maybe you do a remix and it's just kind of sitting there and you don't want to put it out you can just take the acapella out and kind of say hey this is a demo <laughs> you know um, I, I feel like I've done that maybe once or twice or maybe even more because if it's a good if it's a good instrumental and you, you already have like a great foundation and structure um it's just them coming in and and kind of doing their thing um i think the other way to get a demo going would would be to just have an idea and that's what that track i was mentioning it was a melody idea and then i went from melody to the to the harmony to the drums to the chorus and then kind of built it out from there um So, there are multiple ways. And sometimes you can even start with something less, less so. Maybe it's just like uh, a verse, or maybe it's just like the instrumental for something. But I know vocalists like to have a full length, you know, um, idea so they can kind of, so there's some flexibility so they can lay down maybe the full thing uh, if they wanted to, and they can have some sort of direction. So, That's kind of how that, or how I usually kind of set up demos. It should be full length. It should be pretty built out. And sometimes it's just the remix that you liked that you didn't end up putting out without an acapella, or sometimes it's, it's something totally new that you, um, that you just made. Yeah. Yeah, And that, that I think is a great idea to create a remix with another song and then just use that because it works and how, so the, the writing of the song the lyrics did she do that or how, how does that work yeah so she did that basically all of it at least in this instance um i provided feedback like if she gave i remember there was one there was one part of the verse like the first verse that i didn't like these couple of lyrics that i didn't like i was like how about very nicely because you don't want to be too yeah to be like forceful, because ultimately they're they're the lyricist most of the time. Sometimes, unless you're like uh, Drew from the Chainsmokers, you can do everything. Um, but um, I was like, I-, I don't know about this. Like, how about we try like this line? I kind of gave her like a a feel of of what I wanted, something like lighter uh, and maybe more subtle and she was like okay and she would go back and and yeah you know replace that part and give me you know another part of the stem and it was it was great it was kind of and she like even agreed kind of after she's like okay that makes sense um, so it's kind of like the ball is in, in their court a lot with the lyrics but again like as a producer and as especially if it's your song if it's your song as well as theirs you know you, sh- you should kind of speak out and voice you know voice what you think for the lyrics because um that's just going to be it's going to be good for ev- you know both of you in the process because you need to be need to be happy about about the lyrics um and that kind of ties back to the fee like if you're there's a huge fee in place it's like difficult There sometimes the layout like how many iterations you're allowed to do on the lyrics and how many how much work they're they're uh they're allowed to do so like with this it was really in this instance it was it was really just uh there was a good flow but like other times i've i've worked with artists and it's been like you've got you've gone to the last iteration and you're like ah, like i I still don't really like it and it kind of ends there like unfortunately like it's so you, you like as a producer you have to be wary of that but you do have you you need to have some influence in the in the writing process, I think, you know? Yeah, Rob, you also collab with non-vocalists, like, the, like, other producers? Yeah, so, I collabed, it was probably, five, years ago, maybe, I collabed with, like, another producer, his name's, Yetep, which is, Oh, yeah, of course, yeah, what the heck? <laughs> you know <him? laughs> Yeah, yeah, you guys yeah. created a song together, I'm assuming? Yeah. It's still on my Spotify. Um, back, yeah, back in the day, I think that was 2018. So I met him. I, like, put out a remix. I think he reached out and was like, oh, really like this. He was starting to get into producing. Um, wow, that's how old I am. He just started in 2018, and now he's actually... That's crazy. Um, <laughs> but... I was like, hey, I, I was like, sure, let's get something going, because um, I was just, I was just, I was excited to collab with anyone, really. Yeah. And he kind of reached out, I was like, sure. So I sent him this demo. I'm trying to think, I also sent him another demo, which he released on his own. Um, either way, so yeah, collaborating like with him, he was so in that instance, yeah, collaborate collaborating with another producer he was kind of starting to get into producing so he was kind of he was kind of following my lead a little bit and we would send like if you're collaborating with the producer it's really stems back and forth um or if you're in the same room that would be amazing but um that's not how it was but we would send stems back and forth and we kind of did that for three or four times and will ultimately I finally kind of found an idea that I thought was good and I sent it back to him and he's like oh this is like this is great like let's get a vocalist and that's where that's when we got a vocalist and we kind of worked together on that and um and yeah it was it was a good process but at like at that point it was more I was kind of taking the lead on that on that track and he was kind of he was adding in some other things. He was adding in like guitars. He was adding in maybe structural changes. Um, which was interesting, but I think it's I think it still turned out well. How do you feel about working with another artist versus making music by yourself? Yeah, I think I don't know, I'm sort of a solitary person. Yeah. <laughs> in some ways and I, I feel like people uh, at least some artists feel that as well um i don't know i think there's i think recently i've i've tried to reach out to other people to collaborate because i think it's it's really important to learn like i, I just remember collaborating with a few of my friends <clears throat> like the amount i like the amount that i learned from them was like i would never be able to find these different ways of processing a, a vocal or like ways of like distorting the master or like mixing techniques um you would just never find them because they created them themselves and um and you learn th- from them on the other hand it's it's good to be self-sustaining like you want to i always think of russ when i talk about this because i love russ um he he produces and he raps and he sings and he mixes up masters and he did that for an album that went like i don't know it was like 10 on the billboard charts and it's still and it's really good so if you're able to do all of those things like that's that's great because you can you don't need anyone else you're independent um i think that's a very very good thing to have um so in that way, I think you need to be at least, you know, versatile enough to, to maybe make songs almost on your own. Um, on the other hand, collaborating is great; like you learn a lot, and if, especially if you like someone, someone particular, like you can you can make something that's that's really, really good. But I think for me, it's, um, it's sort of solitary, just because control i like i you know i need i don't know if i would be able to to get through something like if someone disagreed with me on like a point i would be like no wait, 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 we can't do that <laughs> yeah, man. so really collabing with other people can be good for learning new techniques and it's also really exciting if you get to work with someone that you really like but um but also you want to be able to rely on yourself and be able to do it you don't you don't want to be relying on someone else to get a song done right yeah i think so i mean you know if you're if you need someone else to to play your you know play your guitar or give you like piano samples i th- i think like an, an expert guitar player or or someone that that's helpful but um at the same time, like whenever you want to do something or, or you want to add something, you know, it's it's a conversation to them, it's time taken, it's it's maybe resources, maybe you have to pay them as well. Um so it's you know, in that way it's not it's not helpful. But again, like on the other side of that, there's like I'm not an expert guitar player. I'm pretty good. <clears throat> like I'm good enough, but I'm not gonna be able to create these pretty crazy you know guitar loops that someone else might so that's when my like, collaboration like that's when I think it's beneficial <clears throat> if there's like an expert that's going to come in and, and really help then I think it's it's you know great but like would I ever count on someone for synth design probably not because that's like that's why I'm, I'm that's why I'm here <laughs> you know what I mean yeah Evan, you said you mostly produce on your own. What does your workflow look like when you're creating a song? Yeah, um, so I have I have a setup not here, um, actually, sort of here, but I have uh, a guitar, um, acoustic and electric, and at least for setup, and then I have a like a 48 key. A mini keyboard to play a little bit of piano. I'm kind of trying to teach myself a little bit. Um, And then Ableton. Um, There's audio MIDI interface. I also have a Kemper amp. So, a Kemper amp, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's like a guitar, it's like an amp, you know, it replicates an amp. It's like an amp simulator. And there are plugins that can do that like i'm sure if you wanted to play guitar in you could use a, a software uh plugin but so this is like a hardware um plugin so it sits like right over here and you, you can kind of modify uh a lot of things about the tone of the guitar and it's absolutely amazing um so that's kind of the, the setup um nothing nothing crazy i wish i had more hardware but that's that costs money, um, and that's which is unfortunate. But I think in terms of like workflow and 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 creating, um, it's a good question. I think kind of differs. I, I think uh, I do my best work when you or when I have like reference track. Like if I'm really inspired and I hear like I hear something. Um, that I really like, I I usually go into the studio and try to make something, uh, similar. And it kind of, that kind of sounds, you know, not creative, but I think it helps you because it kind of gives you uh, direction kind of like a remix does. Like you have the acapella and you have kind of like a BPM range and you have the key usually. Um, so, so like having a reference sort of track, uh, going into to creating i think is helpful so it usually starts with that and then you kind of and then that's where you kind of go off and get to um you know get to do whatever creative things that that you'd like yeah yeah matt so you don't really have a specific set of guidelines that you follow every time really like you often start with a reference tracks but you know i make like like i first i do this and then i do this you'd be like a little all over the place or now Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I know artists, like so, some artists have like templates, uh, like when they, if they're like FL studio or Ableton, like you open up, you get like automatically have a template of, of stuff that you already want loaded. Um, I, th- I, I think that's good. I think also, I just like totally, totally blank. Like, let's just experiment. Um, but in terms of I don't know starting a song it's usually just you'd start with a, probably like a loop or in terms of a remix in terms of a, a like EDM song you'd probably start with the chorus or at least I I start with the chorus because I think that's the most obviously important part of the song it usually is um, and if that's there if there's if there's a chorus that's that's good it's probably going to motivate me to to finish the whole thing. So it's usually just maybe like a build, start with a build, and then you kind of go into into the chorus and try try to like build something that's actually going to motivate you to to want to collab, you know send this out to get a vocalist, or if you wanted to you know do your own vocals or something like that. Um, but I think I think one last thing on that like. I think you also have to kind of create something new that's really difficult, but there always has to be something about like a song or if you're building a course, like that you, you're like, this is cool because I've never done this before or I haven't, you know, I haven't heard this like been done before. Um, I think that's also a motivating factor. Um, Yeah. Yeah, man. every song you make you should be trying to create something at least slightly new or like add your own inspiration into it right yeah yeah I think so I mean one of my favorite artists is uh Gal Matias do you know who he is got it okay he's absolutely amazing um but yeah you gotta look him up um I'll actually I'll send a song either after this is done um but like his his philosophy is like if i'm gonna put out a song like it's going to be something that you know the samples or the or the the patches they're, they're gonna be something that people haven't really heard before like the atmosphere whatever people are, aren't going to have heard this before and that's what like motivates him and i think that's kind of kind of he's kind of right and um because that's ultimately you have to differentiate yourself like in some way. So like, that's how he starts a song. He's looking for something really unique. He's looking to really like chop something up, chop a sample up or do something crazy with, with reverb. Um, So I think that's, that's another, another important thing when, when starting a song, It, it has to be, has to be something that you go like, okay, like, this is like, this is cool because, you know, I, I just figured this technique out, or, you know, I haven't, like, I don't even know how I did that. I think that's important to the songwriting process, kind of. <laughs> yeah, man. What does it mean to you to be successful with music? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I don't know. I think there are definitely varying degrees i mean to be successful i remember like listening to proximity growing up for yeah since like 2010 all my friends that's where we found you know our songs um i was like i was like one day like i have to get on their channel because it's just like that's that would be crazy and in like 2013, 2014 I was like that would be insane and like, and then fast forward like five years later and I, I, like I got on the channel I was talking to the the owner I was like this you know in some ways that's like that success to to set to kind of set a goal and have that um, that ambition and then actually achieve that goal like that at some point you could say, I could have stopped like right there and just said that's you know that's it's almost good enough because you know as you set that goal and and achieve it, um, like that was a huge that was a huge point of success for me. I think like I think another uh, degree of success is like your friends like listening to your music. It might it might be different for people, but for people that you know to actually in- enjoy listening to your to, to your music, like regard regardless, like especially if they didn't know if it was you, like they, they're not just trying to be nice and listen to your stuff. <laughs> um, I think that's like people listening, like having your song played out at like a uh, at a show, like there are, there are varying degrees, and it's really all up to you. Like, it could just be having getting a thousand plays on a song, like that's huge. I remember when I got that, like i was in high school like running around like maniac like that was success um but then it's also maybe it's like getting a million views um i remember that as well I and mean, then it's, so it's just like it's relative like it's, it's success is really relative and um i don't know if you work long enough and kind of diligently enough you'll 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 get there but i don't think you can yeah you can say it's exactly one thing or another i think there are there are multiple points in in someone's career where they where they feel success and um yeah a, and i think that yeah you know, it's just really about achieving goals like you set a goal and you you achieve it that's a, that's a success i don't know if i don't know if there's a collective success uh that's kind of what i think <laughs> yeah you achieve these goals and then it's really it's on on to the next bigger thing right yeah yeah absolutely like uh getting on that channel or getting x amount of views or having your your parents like your site like all these things are, are 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 cool cool things that uh that can happen and then like for me i think uh a goal i set like last year was was like to to sing and and rap more and, and song write more and use my vocals to to try to be again like sufficient um or self-sufficient and that was another goal and I've, I've put out you know a couple of tracks where where it's just you know it's just me there's no vocalist there's no remix and and that's been like even even if it doesn't have you know 10 million views it's still a goal and it's still success because all of that, you know, all of that content in the enabled in Ableton is, is me. And it's, it's, you know, I achieved, you know, seeing and like, and writing my lyrics. So it's, it's different. It's definitely different. Like it could be views. It could be, it could be again, like, yeah, your friends, it could be getting a label, you know, a label deal. It could be a lot of things. Um, I think it's just up to you to really determine it. No. You have to define what success means to you, really. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's true. I think for a lot of people, one definition of success with music or with any passion that people are pursuing uh, is the ability to make a living off of it, to make money from it. Yeah. Do you see music ever being that for you? a way that you could make money potentially yeah i think that's interesting um that that definitely is that's a, that's a good point a good some people use that as a barometer if you're if you're able to yeah actually make money and, and make a career out of it then you you actually you don't have a job you do you know you do what you like um for a living which is amazing um i don't know i i always i i did think that it was Maybe you know especially during high school and, and college I, I thought that way. Um, I think it's I think it's very difficult um, especially when I don't know the landscape is changing a lot from from maybe Soundcloud to to Spotify, and I was never focused on on making you know making money and, and kind of marketing. It takes so much marketing as well and and I think where I'm not I'm not great is again marketing and and maybe connecting with people and I think that's a huge part of the business that I've maybe left out of, of the project um I think those parts are really necessary to make a career out of it to to connect with a lot of people and and just like yeah be be active um but i i think i i definitely did think think it was that way and at some points i still i still do think it's that way um but at other times it's difficult like you, you try to you kind of try to be realistic um and kind of plan your path forward um and understanding can you yeah can you do this for a living can you actually you know can you support yourself and and, and what's kind of your your ceiling, or is there no ceiling? Um, I think for me, it, it, it's kind of alternating of of having this dream and, and trying to achieve it, and then also some sort of reality where I'm like, well, maybe it's you know maybe it's just a hobby, and maybe you continue it to do it, you know, continue to do it in your free time. And I'm not sure which one's ultimately right or wrong. Um, on the one hand. <laughs> you only have one life on the other hand it's it's risky um but not if you love it um you'll still you'll kind of grind and and do do what you you want even if you don't make money I think it's difficult I mean art most competitive industry and uh you know by that you know the least paid so yeah uh, I think I thought both ways. Um, and I still think maybe both ways right now. And do you even need to make money from it for you to be successful? No. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, I don't think so. I mean, again, like it's, it's so relative. People could, you know, someone, I could put out one song and, 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 or you could put out one song and be totally satisfied. Like maybe, maybe like one of your favorite artists listen to, to your song. Maybe that's like, maybe that's it. Maybe you're really like satisfied with that. And, um, a lot of our artists aren't, they're like, they, they have this vision and they want to continue and try to explore. And that's what, what music's all about. Um, I definitely don't think you have to make money to to be successful. I mean, it 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 almost is in the opposite way. If you're trying to make money, it sort of it's it kind of hurts your I don't know motivation. Um, I remember working with someone who it was really largely about about a business and, and making money and what what was the return we were going to get and what what was going to happen and and that was just so uninspiring and ultimately it does affect the music. <laughs> so. Um yeah, you definitely don't have to make money. You could you know, you can have a job, which most people do, and and, and do it on the side and you continue to to work towards it. Um there's definitely time you know, time for that. People even if even if you have a full time job, you could do it after the job and, and on weekends and um yeah, I think that if if it's meant to work out, it's you know, it's going to work out. Yeah, gone And I have heard people say that that started as like a bedroom producer. Once they got to the point where they could support themselves off of music, uh, it felt more like a job, and that kind of hurt their their passion for it. You know? Oh wow. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because it, it's a lot of pressure. I mean, I remember coming out of college. I guess COVID happened. I think are you this? Are you the same year? Are you in to 2020? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. That's yeah. screwed. Um, but like, I remember coming out of uh, or going into the final couple of months of, of college and being like, "Man, I was starting to kind of get some traction. And I was like, maybe I should, maybe I should try to do it like full, like full time and totally, totally just grind and see what I could do. Um, But yeah, it's like a lot. And at that point, it's a lot of, it's not even a lot of risk because again, it's going, everything's going to be fine. You could get a job. Um, But like, it's a lot of, you know, mental burden, I think, at least for me, when I was contemplating that, like, you're going to take, that's going to be your job. You know, that's going to, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to be creative because ultimately, no amount of hours that you input is going to dire- directly relate to to output, uh, which is art, and that's and that's tough because if you were to put ten thousand hours into maybe investment banking, <laughs> you'd be you'd be you'd definitely make a lot of money. Um, but if you put ten thousand hours into music, which I I think I put a little bit, I think I remember calculating it. Pretty sure it's like thirteen or fourteen thousand, probably more now. That's crazy. But then, like, but there's no, you know, there's no direct output. It's it's great, but like in in terms of of content or in terms of making money, yeah, there's no direct like, you know, amount of money you're going to make. So it's risk. It's there's some, you know, mental burden I think as well. But I think it's great to have a job and then do it on the side because you have enough time. And if it if it's meant to, you know, meant to work out, I, th- I think I really think it will work out. What do the next five to ten years look like for you and student? Do you plan on continuing to make music, or what's the plan? Yeah, um I don't know. I think, I think I'm I'm a pretty impulsive um, music maker, so whatever i i like at the moment i'm i'm making in terms of like genres it's it's been you know house it's been rap it's it's been a lot of different things so it's whatever i feel i've been like djing a little bit as well i've been trying to get i just played like i just played at a bar maybe last week two weeks ago um and it was fun like i I dj a little bit but actually they had like club equipment and it was fun um, trying to get out and do that a little bit more, be um, a little bit more social. But in terms of yeah, in terms of music, it's it's just continue to continue to go forward and and kind of whatever I'm feeling at that at that moment to make because um, yeah because ultimately I don't have you know a massive team around me I, I'm you know I get to do what i want which is good and yeah there's a lot of a lot of freedom so i think it's yeah i think it's a lot of different things a lot of vocal vocal things and um definitely some some edm things as well i've been getting back into that a lot so yeah so yeah you produce because you want to make music yeah yeah it started started as as that and now it's kind of it's still, still definitely, you know, being a main producer, but it's also kind of exploratory. Like, computer music is crazy. I mean, people still don't understand how how much potential it has. Um, we could, I'm sure, we could talk about like AI and some bullshit as well. well. What's next for that? I don't know. I don't know if you've ever. You have to check out. um do you, have, do you know the uh, sin, sin Plant? So it's a it's a synth <clears throat> it's a synth that they just like they made an update they added like an AI whatever <laughs> into it and it's just crazy um, it's basically like a sample generator if you put in a sample say you put in a um, a kick drum it'll it'll create 15 20 kick drums that are similar um, which is just crazy so if you like a sound and you want to Experiment with uh, like a lot of different variations. It's just, it's crazy, but again, okay, computer music it's it's definitely the place to be. I think and and definitely a good thing to, to have. It's, uh, it's amazing, amazing what you can do. What is that synth called? It's called Synplant. S Y N P L A N T. Yeah, you have to watch at least watch a video. It's yeah, it's so. Um, so excited it's yeah very cool and so it's so exciting it's just the beginning too yeah yeah I think so I mean it's just even even. I remember watching like a interview with Skrillex and he's like this is back in like 2015 or 2014 when they were doing Jack U and he was like people have no idea how like how many things can be created you know in, in computer music it's just yeah, people don't people don't understand. Um, and there's so much potential as well, especially now. So it'll be interesting to see. <laughs> Probably like an unlimited number of variations and sounds and just everything you can make. Yeah. That's I crazy. mean like even if if you if you have like serum, even if you have serum, just the amount of things you can do, it's just doesn't make sense. Like a virtual ride. I was watching a video with Virtual Riot and it's just things you can do with a soft synth or processing. It's just, it doesn't make sense. It's crazy. And yeah, he does a lot of serum like sound design, right? Virtual Riot? Yeah. yeah, Right. Yeah. On YouTube? Yeah. He posts YouTube-, YouTube? yeah, Yeah, he does. He streams sometimes of him just like creating things where he goes through like how he made a song and... It's just crazy. You use the serum and processes with like Ableton stock plugins, or maybe you have some other third party plugins, but it's just, it's just crazy how you're able to transform a sound, especially if effect wise, like post, like post effects, it just doesn't make, doesn't make sense. And there's so much creativity. It's yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited for, for that, for that stage. And also to, to explore that explore that um part of electronic music a little bit more like sound design definitely not i want you to share where people can find you and in, in your music yes absolutely soundcloud we are goons that should be the url and then spotify is just goons i think there's there's maybe one more but i'm definitely better than him so just type in Goons. should be good. Awesome. Those are those, are the, t- those are the two places. And on Instagram, Goons Official. That's it. Perfect. Okay. Awesome. Thank you, Sean, for doing this interview. I learned a lot. It was great talking to you, man. Appreciate it. Of course, like you Ted. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, and YouTube. Just search What We Started EDM. If you would like to reach out to us, Shoot us a DM on Instagram. It's at whatrestarted.edm. Thanks again. Catch you next time.